This is the After Hours Director's Spotlight, presented by Amro Music. It's the podcast where we chat with music educators to celebrate the joy of teaching music and learn about strategies for success. In this episode, Nick Averwater talks with Barry Trobaugh. He's the director of bands at Munford High School in Munford, Tennessee, a town of around 6,000 people in the western part of the state, just 15 miles north of Memphis. Barry stopped by Amro Music for a wide-ranging conversation that we'll present in two episodes, and this is part one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours Director Spotlight. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down with somebody that I consider uh, a true role model for me in the type of um, leader that I try to be at Amro Music and also a wonderful friend. And that's Mr. Barry Trobal, the director of bands at Munford High School. Barry, welcome. Glad to be here. I don't know where you read all that, but sure. It's, it's good to see you today. Of course, we've had you on After Hours on our webinars. You are a big part of our considerations document. But this is your director spotlight, and we're going to really dive in and get to know Barry Trobal at a deeper, more intimate level. So for our listeners that, that maybe aren't from West Tennessee or don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are now, and, and what brought you to that point in your career. Well, I've been seemingly a lifelong Memphian, though I haven't lived here all all of my career, but I grew up here, went to school here, graduated college here, took a job in Kentucky for a little bit, went to Arkansas for a little bit longer than that, and then had the amazing coincidence to be able to come back to West Tennessee, specifically Munford. And for the last 27 years, I've been at Munford High School and loving every minute of it. That's fabulous. Who who inspired you? Who influenced your teaching style? I mean, was it a sixth grade teacher, a beginner teacher, a high school teacher? Who, wow. Who inspired you? You know, honestly, it was all of my teachers. I, I call myself very blessed that I had extraordinary teachers from the get-go. Uh, I had Mr. Gaston Taylor as my beginning band teacher, and he had these huge classes, and yet we all seemed to learn so rapidly and so effectively. The little band, I, I look back at it now in the seventh grade band, beginning band that I played, and it played really, really well. Uh, we were all novices, but he's the one that made the difference. And he was, he was a very firm but um, energetic and fun kind of guy. Um, then he left, and I think he went to the University of Memphis, or then Memphis State University. I think he did the, the band program there for a year or two is why he left us. And I had Richard Johnson for a couple of years who brought in, who was a much younger guy, and he brought in a whole nother just vibe, if you will, to band and while we were there and we played some pep stuff. I remember it was right at the time that Shaft was released uh, here in Memphis and he pinned out a little version of Shaft and we recorded it and we just thought we were cool. And at the high school level, I had who I still think is one of the very finest music educators to ever teach was Mr. Larry Vallman and had him all throughout high school. And, uh, Larry was, he had high expectations for everyone, including me, and I was the, I was probably his worst nightmare because I had a little bit of talent, but also had a great deal of laziness, so <laughs> he, uh, he had to stay on me, but he never gave up on me and uh, never uh, broke me in half, though he should have. And um, I, it just goes on and on, Nick. It, uh, my experiences in college were just amazing with, with initially with Tommy Ferguson and Art Thiel and Sidney McKay and all of the magical people that were at then Memphis State University. And all the way through today at that level, I, I, 
Dr. Wynn is just he's just doing a great job as all those people are over there. I'm just I'm still just proud to put the University of Memphis tag on my name. But I honestly, to answer your question very specifically, I've been strongly impacted by so many people I couldn't begin to even categorize them, much less list them. I I have worked alongside of some amazing music educators. I've worked alongside uh, at a distance watching programs across the country just do these amazing things and make music so special and give these unique opportunities, as I say, to their students to uh, make their life very whole through music. And I've, I've just tried to steal one thing here and two things there. Um, I, I will never be able to say thank you to those that impacted me on how I teach and what I teach and what I think teaching is. And I, some of them probably have no idea that they impacted me. Uh, you know, we lost Mr. Joe Sills here lately, and I was, uh, Larry Vallman and Joe were the tightest of buddies, and I watched Joe work from a distance as a child, and I thought, wow, listen to, to what, and watch the rapport that he has with his students during rehearsals and whatnot, and um, it's just, I'm just a culmination, I'm like stew, if you will, I, they, I just let everything go in, and we keep stirring it and see what it's going to be. That's great. When when you look back at your career now, I mean, you've had this this vibrant career where you've had such an impact on the Munford community. What are you most proud of to have accomplished? Because you've done so much from the extrinsic factors. I mean, you have you have done the parades and the contest and taken your band all over this country. What are you most proud to have accomplished in your time at Munford High School? Well, singularly. It's just the fact that I got to experience a whole bunch of young adults. Uh, I'm just proud to have rubbed shoulders with them, for them to teach me some things, and hopefully I taught them some things. I talked with you at length and many others. I, I hope that I'm able to share with them some life skills that I use music to get us there. I think we've been pretty successful with that. Um, here lately, just looking at things more broadly, I have to tell you, Nick, that one of the things I'm the most proud of that myself and the team has done in the 27 years at Munford, I'm, I'm very proud that not just our marching band or not just our concert band wind ensemble or not just our jazz program or any other single element or facet of our program has been successful. I'm, I'm totally amazed at the synergy that we've built with the community, with our students and the eclectic staff that I'm so blessed to work with every day. I'm just kind of sitting back at this point and taking it all in that we've been able to inspire creative people to teach our creative students and at a very high level. And I'm, I'm very proud to have been a very small part of building that synergy. Our community, as you well know, is so amazing uh, their level of support for our program financially emotionally structurally everything um, and it's just been a big chemistry project if you will i've just been blessed to have staff and students and parents and community and and friends like amaro music and you here uh, that have been so impacting 
on helping my program to flourish and to move forward. And I, I, I don't think that I'm the lone soldier in that. And I hope that everybody is finding some success through that. It's going to take a while, or did in my, in my case, to uh, really manifest itself to be what it is. But it's, I hope everybody's paying attention to that because if you, if you will work hard enough and stay put long enough and motivate enough people long enough, success will come your way. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a chemistry project. Yeah. Well, you just touched on two things, and the two words that stood out to me in that answer were, were synergy and community. And, you know, for those that may not be familiar with the Munford program, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a predominantly rural community yes. north of Memphis, a, a county over. It's not a particularly large community, and it's predominantly blue-collar. And, and you all have positioned the Munford Band where you give to the community and the community gives back to you in such this huge way. I mean, and you recently took your band to the Rose Bowl, and the fundraising component of that was was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get your band there, and, and your community made that possible. How have you positioned your program in such a way within the community that that synergy is taking place? What advice would you give a young director to say, you've got to place your band in this segment of the community, do these things so that the community will pour back into you? Well, I, I think the first thing, Nick, is what I just said. I think you have to stay somewhere long enough. Um, I watch so many so talented music educators, and they either become frustrated or something, and they leave right as things are starting to gel and right as they're starting to really make some headway toward uber success. I, I think you have to stay put. For me, and it's just my personality, I love to be involved in things. And from the moment that I rolled into the Munford community, I wanted to be involved and be seen doing things, not for the sake of, hey, he's doing it. I wanted to be involved in it and in the community, not ban things, just community things. Um, I, I think it's so important that anytime the band does anything, that I'm there for it, whether it's a car wash or a marching contest or taking the, the kids to Pasadena, California. I think it's very important that the community sees that I'm the number one cheerleader and that I have as, more, as much or more passion about what the program is doing than anyone. Not that it's a, it is not a competition, it is not a challenge, but I want them to sense my passion and my dedication and devotion to what we're all trying to do with these kids. So uh, synergy is one of those things that I don't fully understand. It, it, I call it juju. It just seems to happen. And when it happens, your program just explodes with excitement and exuberance. Um, I, I would just encourage all music educators, all band directors, and especially the younger ones, just stay active in your community. I, I go to as many community-based things that have nothing to do with my program as I possibly can. Now, to add to that, Anytime that my group can function as a performing group, uh, we have this wonderful thing called Celebrate Munford, which is a, a town celebration that we have each year. And I so enjoy the, the rhetoric of taking the huge marching band and playing a street concert of our marching music. 
any time that we get the opportunity for a Christmas parade or anything like that, we jump to it. That's important to us. You have to understand where your support base is going to originate, and you've got to support them. And that's what we've tried to do for many decades now. Just be visible, be a part of things, always be available upon request to help or to support something. Um, I don't think it's difficult, Nick. I really don't. It, it does take a lot of time, and you have to be very sincere and authentic about it. But uh, it's a very doable thing. This has not been a hard chore for me and the staff to build this community. It's just been who we are, and we've done it one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I do think it, I mean, y'all have done it so organically. And now that you see, I mean, the flywheel is spinning as fast as it can. I mean, just the synergy is incredible where, I mean, you are as a part of that community as, as any program. Now, you, you support, you talked about the support components, the foundation. I mean, what are the support components for the Munford Band that allow you to do what you do? I mean, what, what does that look like to you? so other directors can potentially identify it in their programs. You know, I, I want to start with a little bird walk here if we can. I think that our success has come from the fact that we have not looked at the glass as half empty because I'm going to share with you something that very few people know is that the band program at Munford High School is over 95% financially supported by the band parents in the community. Our school district is not in a position that it can fund much of anything of our program. Some directors would look at that, and that would be a reason that they can't move on, that they cannot make the program successful, that they cannot stay there. And we have not viewed that at all. Um, we just look at it as another challenge. Our financial support comes from our parents and our community. I, I, I know I just said that, but we, we have a band fee. I don't think it's very tall considering the amount of money that it takes to run this monster of a program. But we also get amazing amount of donations financially from our community, uh, standing donations that, donations that we can kind of depend on from year to year. Even in this year of COVID, our fundraising activity, though it was down, was still amazingly successful. Um, again, I think it's, again, that synergy with that the community appreciates what the program does for the community. So they also appreciate their posture and their responsibility to support us financially and, and in every other way. Um, again, it's just, I just don't think it's difficult to do. You just have to set your sights forward and be positive and again, be very authentic. Call it as it is. Call it as it is. But just be patient. Um, our community, and I don't think it's any different than any other community, will support whatever is strong, wholesome, and vibrant. So why not make the band that? Why not make the band that? Correct. And, and then that, that falls back on me, that I've got to be the number one cheerleader, that I've got to be the number one salesman. I've got to have the answers to, to their questions of what are we planning, where are we headed, what's going on. You know, you have to have a vision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to unpack this a little bit because, I, you know, as, as long as I have known Barry Trowball, I have known Gary Fight who's also there at Munford. How, how long has Gary been 
at Munford there. Since day one for me, actually, Gary was working at the adjacent elementary school teaching school music when I rolled into town in 1994, and um, I quickly saw his amazing gift of communication with students and his ability to teach music, and most importantly for me, his total excitement for what was going on, and I, I immediately set into works the plan to move him from the elementary over to the middle school so he had a more uh, a larger impact on the students. He was helping at the high school as well, and uh, no, I anybody that knows our program or knows me or knows Gary, we're we're a a very strong team. We're quite alike in so many things, and yet there are certain things that we're completely the opposite, and that's what's been cool. Yeah. So I mean, let's unpack that the dynamic of that healthy working relationship because. A lot of time, I mean, in some schools, you're sharing an office with your assistant. You're spending a ton of time. And in many cases, you could be spending as much time or more time with an assistant than you might be your spouse, your family member, something exactly. like that. And anytime you spend that much time with somebody, there's an opportunity for conflict just simply based on the amount of time. I mean, if you walk, locked my wife and I in a small office, eventually we would get sideways with each other. What do you think has contributed to that success, and how have y'all managed to maintain, you know, this wonderful working relationship? Because I consider both of you guys friends, and you've done so oh, yeah. much together. It's everything incredible. together. It's incredible. It's been a total team effort. I I don't take any credit other than being part of a team that Gary's on. That's how it's been. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to give the kudos to Gary that he's just a, a very broad thinking understanding individual as a person and he and I both know that we will occasionally have different points of view um you know it's one of those things for me that when you have creative people on your team it is oftentimes difficult to keep that level of enthusiasm and and esprit de corps if you will in place i Lately, I've, I've become a very big student, if you will, of what the uber-successful directors across the nation and all throughout the world, how they manage their creative people. And the first thing I realized is you don't manage creative people. Um, and maybe you don't even lead creative people. You let creative people do what they do. And you let people exist within their strengths and you provide means or apparatus to help them with the things that they're not totally comfortable with. And I think that interaction with Gary and I has just been textbook golden because the things that, that I'm not very strong at, Gary just excels at. So there are just some unspoken uh, delegations, if you will, that, that, you know, you take care of that and then vice versa. There occasionally there's things that, that he just doesn't feel comfortable dealing with. And those happen to be my strong points. So I, I, I think we were put on the planet to work together. It, it's been amazing. We're, uh, I, I think our track record speaks for itself in our retention of our students and uh, what our students think of the band program from the point that they enter through graduation and then beyond. And it's, I've just been absolutely blessed to have someone to work with that is understanding of me because I'm sure I can be out of control. 
uh, anytime emotion and passion get going with anyone, they, they go deep. And uh, Gary and I have just worked so well together, and I'm just blessed to have had him at my side yeah. for these 27 years. It's been fun. Yeah, I just I always enjoy my time whenever I, I am around Gary, a great person. And one of the things I'm picking up on is, you know, a lot of times I think we naturally as humans gravitate towards people that are like us. And sometimes we overlook the differences and it becomes a point of contention. But I can hear for you, it's an appreciation that, absolutely that, hey, Gary and I are not the same person. And because of that, we can be more successful, not less successful. I, there, there have been numerous occasions over the 27 years that I've just held my head in my hands, not knowing what to do in a certain situation and would go through all of my resources and all of my previous experiences and still come up with a big fat zero. And then Gary would just, he would just seemingly just go, oh, well, let's just do this. And it's like, man, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So uh, you've got to have those people in your life. She talked about spouses. I think that's why we choose our spouses to compliment us, not to be exactly like us. And I guess it's a weird analogy, and I apologize to some extent, but I feel strongly about it. You know, a, a director, co-director that you work with for the length of time that Gary and I've worked with each other, we're we're very much like spouses because we we have a shared interest in something we love, and we work hard at it, and we understand again our individual strengths and weaknesses, and uh, it. Again, I go back to that synergy thing we talked about before. There's this synergy with Gary and I that can't be bottled and it can't be described. You can ask me what it is all day long. I can't tell you. It's just the juju that has happened over the years. And um, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the success of our program is largely due to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the most important thing, though, is that you, you recognize it, you harness it, you leverage it as opposed to just chalking it up as, well, that's the way all of them are, right? Because they're not. No, they're not. They're, we interact with enough directors to know that things can get sticky and at times hairy. And creative and, people. That, that's just indicative of creative people. Yeah, and you guys have just, I mean, for, for you all to have been a team, a tandem for decades mm-hmm. is a tremendous testament to, to both of you gentlemen. Now, I, I want to talk about expectations because – for a program to operate at the high level, you know, I've had the privilege of sitting down with Richie Williams at Paragould High School and with Leif Cook at Dobbins Bennett and John Easley and now you. And the commonality that I hear between all of these programs that ho- operate at such a high level is a clarity and expectation. There is not a murkiness about why we are successful and the things that we are seeking to achieve. How do you go about articulating those expectations? Let's start with your students. What do expectations look like with your students? Well, first, I think that it's important that I have my specific expectations, and then it, that's communicated back and forth with the staff because um, it has to be a collective effort. I'm, I'm a secret studier, and I love here in the last 15 years or so to read articles, some books, on leadership and the different models. And I've, I've really fallen in love with Scott Lang. I know he's a good friend of yours as well. Um, one of the things that I 
very much studying, this has been more than 20 years ago, is I read at least the first half of the Stephen Covey Seven Habits book, and he talks about starting with the end result in mind. And I just cannot tell you how that revolutionized how I was teaching. I just went at it from step one to step 10 million. But with his words, I started at the 10 millionth step in my planning and worked backwards. And it just made my life so much simpler and it made it much more clear what my expectations were. As far as disseminating that to the students, um, all of your expectations have to be answered to their question of why. They're going to know, they're going to want to know why that scales are an important part. They're going to want to know why PT training for marching band, why all those laps that we run and the different things that we do, why those are important. And we spend, I spend a lot of time answering those whys without ever being asked. I want them to understand that everything has a direction and a lineage to a successful point. And then those successful points combine to make a successful program, whether it be seasonal or whether it be in longevity. So I think for Gary and I to bring him back in, I think our just total over-the-top energy and enthusiasm at least gets us in the door with our students to understand that we expect a great deal. Um, I will tell you, and I've never said this to Gary or anyone else, but I have my level of expectation is always unattainable, but yet I hold myself accountable to that. I want to um, mimic some of the superstars. We talked about Joe Seals. I want to mimic the success that Joe Seals has. I really don't think that's attainable because, first off, I'm not Joe Sills, and I'm not in those, those situations that he's been so successful at, though we're trying. But I want my expectations to be super high so that the staff will have nearly as high of expectation. And then as that matriculates down, and that's exactly what it does to our students, that they, too, may be riding the, the waves of our expectations that maybe just aren't attainable. But then again, Nick, who knows? Who knows? So the why factor is strong. Everything has to have a purpose. But don't aim for the mid part of the tree for the apple. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to aim for an apple, aim for the one up at the top. Or maybe the one that's on the tree adjacent to it that's even taller than that. I just think that you're not going to get the creativity out of your students unless you challenge them at, at a place that is at least a tiny bit uncomfortable for them to provide for you right now. Everything's got to go forward. Yeah. You've been listening to a conversation with Barry Trobach, Director of Bands at Munford High School in West Tennessee. There's much more to this conversation, and we'll present the rest of it in the next episode of the After Hours Director's Spotlight, which is presented by Amro Music, a family-owned company since 1921. At AMRO, we work with over 600 schools in seven states to bring the joy of music to thousands of young musicians. These partnerships make production of the After Hours podcast possible. Our director of services department is ready to work with your school, too. Just email alan at amromusic.com or seth at amromusic.com. You can hear many more conversations with music educators at amromusic.com slash afterhours. Thank you.
Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.